Okay, good evening, everybody. Uh, this Shabbos, Bez Hashem, we lay in uh, Parshas Matos and Masay, and uh, thereby finish uh, Sefer Bamidbar. Uh, what I'd like to do this evening is explore an important subject that is in Parshas Masay, not really so much exactly Halacha Lamaisa, but I think an important concept, and uh, they indicated in the Shir, we entitled it The Goals of Conquering Land in and Beyond Eretz Yisrael. And I'd like to share an insight from Rabbi Huda Mital. Zichron Levrocha, Rav Amital, those who don't know, uh, was the founding Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva Har Etzion, Gush Etzion, known as Gush, a Yeshiva in Alon Shvut. Uh, he was the founder of that Yeshiva, uh, not long after the 1967, the Six Day War. He himself was a Holocaust survivor, came over from, from Europe, and uh, founded that Yeshiva, and uh, also one of the founders and leaders of the Hesder movement. Uh, in Eretz Yisrael, we know the boys are part of the time in the yeshiva and part of the time in the army and so on. A very, very and a special person. I studied the yeshiva at Haaretzion and Gush Etzion myself. I was not a Talmud of his. I was never in his shir. He would give a public shirim and public uh, talks and so on that I heard. Uh, but I was not a Talmud of his in the sense of, of being his shir. I was not in his shir. But um, I nevertheless want to share part of what I should with tonight will be Shtikl uh, Torah, Chidush Torah, one of the Chidush Torah that he uh, came up with and it fits in very much with our subject. So we look in Parshas Masay in the first of the sources, Bamid by Perk, Lamed Gimel, Posuk Nun, through Nun Gimel, those Psukim. It says, You're about to go into Yisrael, right? Parshas Masay is the very end. They, 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 they've, you know, they've just about reached their destination. In a certain sense, uh, Parshas Masay is the end of the Chumash, because Chumash Dvarim that follows is a recap, Moshe Rabbeinu's final drosha in the last uh, uh, little more than a month of his life and so on. So Parshas Masay, in a certain sense, is the end there. They're about to go into Eretz Yisrael. The Pesach says, Nun Beis, Vahorashtem is kol Yosha Eretz Mitechem. Rashi says in Source 2, Vahorashtem, Gerashtem. You have to drive out the present inhabitants of the land and get rid of all the Avodazari, Baratem is kol Maskeosom, and so on. And then the Pesach is most important for us tonight, Pesach Nun Gimel, okay, you get rid of all those inhabitants, and you dwell in the land, because I've given you this land uh, to inherit and so on. So Rashi says, what does it mean? In fact, it's, it's, it's like cause and effect. Rashi says in Pesach Nun Gimel, source two. It says, you drive out the current the dwellers, and then, then you'll be able to dwell in there. If you won't drive them out, they're going to be troublemakers. They're going to have a trouble. Okay? If you're in love, you're not going to survive. You're not going to, they're not going to get along with you. And so on. Okay, that's how Rashi learns. You should drive them out because that way you'll be able to inherit the land. But the Ramban has a very famous comment here in his parish on the Chumash, in this Pasuk, Parak Lamed Gimel, Bamidbar Pasuk, Nun Gimel, Arashim Esarets, and so on. The Ramban writes, Aldati zu mitzvah asei he. My opinion, this is a mitzvah assay. This is one of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, one of the Ramach, 248 mitzvahs assay. What's the mitzvah? So you have to live in the land. Ramban counts that as one of the Tariag mitzvahs, one of the 613 mitzvahs. It was given to us to live in, and therefore it is a mitzvah to live in the land based on this pasuk. The people shouldn't reject the uh, heritage that Kosh Baruch has given. Has given. And the ilu yala al daita malechas olichbosh eretz shino eretz asher v'zulosim lishashiv shom yavru mitzvah shem. And if some of you think, well, let's go, we'll go conquer. We won't live in Eretz Yisrael. We'll go conquer some other land. Shino is like Babel or Assyria, someplace. We'll live over there. Says the Ramban, then you're mevatel this mitzvah. I say 
Yerala in this mitzvah saseh. And he refers to the Gemara the end of Ksubis, which are beautiful statements about the greatness of living in Eretz Yisrael, and it's also to leave Eretz We'll come back to some of that later. But the Kiyakosav Azeh, he mitzvah saseh. The Rabban can't be more clear. This Pesach is a mitzvah saseh. And he points out, we find this reference elsewhere in the Torah too. It's not just here. He refers to a Pesach I printed in Source 4, Dvar and Parak Aleph, Psukim Zayin and Ches. Where it gives a little bit of the borders, right? You'll do Sulachem, go travel the Har Hamori and the Arava, the Har, the Shvela, the Negev, the Chofayam. That's the whole Eretz Yisrael, right? The, the the plains and the and and the mountains and the valleys and the Negev and the ocean front, you know, the the, the coast, etc. Right? Eretz Aknani, Balavon, Re'ei Posuches Nosati Lifnechem Azorot Bo'u Urshuas Aretz. Come in and inherit it. Come in and occupy it. Come in and 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 and, and live there. So it's another source that Ramban says. Now he refers to Rashi, who didn't seem to say that. At the end of the source three, Ramban says Rashi just says what it means is if you live in, if you'll drive out the enemies, you'll be able to live there. But Rashi doesn't say it's a mitzvah. Ramban says Mashiach Parashu right? What I'm telling you is right. And indeed, the Ramban sticks to his guns. And in source number five, I'd like to look through it. Ramban has a hasoga, several hasogas to the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs. We know. Right, we have a tradition that there are 613 mitzvahs. Torah never lists them off. I have a tradition that 248 mitzvahs I say, 365 mitzvahs. Those I say, the Gemara mentioned, the Midrasha mentioned, that never says in the Chomish. So different people wrote their list of what the mitzvahs were, including the Rambam. So the Rambam wrote a Sefer on mitzvahs. The Ramban, who lived after the Rambam, uh, took issue with the Rambam on several of the points. And he said, this mitzvah, he shouldn't have counted this one. He should have counted, and he left this one out, and he added that one. All right, somehow they all come to the total 613. That's not our problem right now. But the Ramban, you look in source five, at the end of the mitzvah's assay section of the Rambam Sefer Mitzvah, he has a list of mitzvahs, which he thinks, mitzvah's assay, which he thinks the Rambam should have counted, but didn't. Okay, that's what's called shichachas ha'esin, the, the mitzvah's assay, the essen, the mitzvah's assay, the Rambam forgot. He didn't forget them. But uh, I mean, he left them out, right? And number four on the list, so source five in our pages, but number four on the list, Mitzurviz, Shin Stavinu Laresha Saaretz, Asher Nosan Akhis Barkwis Alav Osen Avotil Yaakov. We have a mitzvah to live in the land, which is given to our mitzvah in Yaakov. We call it Eretz Yisrael. Below Nazobiadzul Osenim, and almost we have no right to leave it under, under the sovereignty and the control of any other nation in the world. Or or to leave it simply desolate under no uh, uh, rulership. Under no sovereignty. And he quotes the Pasuk here in Parshas Masseh. That's the Mokra. So what the Ramban wrote in his parish of Chumash, he writes here that he thinks the Rambam, you know, we have to figure out why the Rambam, another time, why the Rambam didn't count it, but he didn't. The Ramban says it should be counted. Okay, and he quotes this Pasuk, and he says in, in the third line of five, difficult this is repeated in other places. And he quotes the Pasuk we saw in, said in Source 4. The Pasuk in Dvarim Parak Allah Pasuk has, okay, and it gives you the boundaries in the previous Pasuk, right? That, that tells you exactly what the land is. Or he has another Pasuk. And I printed all these sources for you. So he prints another Pasuk. We'll look at the next page for a second, Source 6. By the, uh, when the Torah is recapping the events of the uh, Miraglim and so on, right? Or they sent the Miraglim, right? It says in Perak Aleph of Devorim, Psukim Yutes, Chof, Chof Alem, right? Um, the main pasuk for us is the Kaddish Barnea, and it says in Chafal of Rei Nasan Shemalkecha Lefanecha. So it's Alei Reish, Alei Reish. Go, go live there. Go inherit the land. Go occupy the land. That's what he mentions over there, right? Then he quotes another pasuk in Parshas Akev. I printed in source seven. Dvarim Perak Tes Pasuk Chav Gimel. I told you to go in. Unfortunately, you didn't listen. 
We all know what ever happened to that door, right? That they didn't listen, but you were told to go live in the land. So these are these are all different places in the Torah where the Torah, the Ramban says, is telling us we have to go live in the land. So the Ramban says, therefore, I have to understand, I have to count this as a mitzvah, a regular mitzvah, as I say, min ha-Torah. And then the Ramban goes further and says, this is what the Gemara and Sota calls a milchemes mitzvah. Take a look. Uh, again, I just printed the source the Ramban quotes. These are all the Ramban sources. Look at number eight, the mission and Sota, mem dalam It starts... The Yosua showed to him that before the war, the officers would psych up the troops and give them a whole speech. And um, at the end, the, the Mishnah makes a distinction between the Mechemes Rishus and the Mechemes Mitzvah. Well, what's the distinction? So if you remember, I didn't print the whole thing there in Source 8, but somebody who just got married and someone who just purchased a house, they don't have to go out to war. And the Mishnah says, but when is that true? An optional war. Right, but uh, everybody has to fight. You know, no exemptions. Okay, managing that din right now. May come back to that point. But uh, what's a mechemes mitzvah? The Mishnah distinguishes between mechemes rishus and mechemes mitzvah. So look at Rashi in nine. So to memdalim beis. Right, they, they can come back, or they don't have to go out to war in the first place. That's Mechemes Roshos. On Mechemes Mitzvah says Rashi, the second line of nine, Kigon Kibush Eretz Yisrael Bimei Yehoshua. Right, that's Rashi. Yeah. What's a Mechemes Mitzvah? Conquering the land on the days of Yehoshua. That's a Mitzvah. Right, so that's what Ramban says. That's a Mitzvah. The Mitzvah to go fight and conquer the land. Right? So getting back to Ramban, he says that's that's exactly what a, uh, uh, what a Mechemes Mitzvah is. And he also refers to the, the Gemara itself says it. That's in Sotam and Dalamud Beis 10. The Gemara says, Omar Rabba, Milchemes Yoshua Lichbosh, Divra Everybody agrees that's obligatory. That war is obligatory. On the other hand, we'll come back to this too, but Milchemes based double Vocha Divra If it's just a king wants to increase his territory for, for political reasons or militaristic reasons, that's a Milchemes Rishus. But the Muhammad to conquer the land, that's what Rashi says in 11, right? That's not Rishus. That's obligatory. And also, you know, and it's a regular mitzvah that a person has to do. Uh, and the uh, that's different. But a uh, mitzvah to, 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 uh, to um, conquer Eretz Yisrael is a, is a mitzvah. The Rabban also refers to a sifrei in Parsha Shoftim. In Parsha Shoftim, source 12, Parak Yud Zayin, Pasuk Yud Dalet. It says, Ki savol aretz asher Hashem nalkecha nosen chavi rishto v'yashavta bo. Right, that's what we want to point to Kim. Okay, so the Sifrei says in 13, Pisco Kuf Nun Vav, and the Sifrei in Parsha Shoftim, he says, You'll be able to live there once you drive out the enemies who are there. So that's part of the mitzvah to conquer the land. So the goal of conquering the land, our question in the title this year, the goals of conquering land in and beyond Eretz Yisrael. Well, the goal of conquering land in Eretz Yisrael is to, to, for the Jewish people to go live there. That's what you have to, you have to do. Again, the Ramban goes in great length. He has much greater, more, much more information in his Asogas and Sefer Mitzvahs than he has in a little paragraph in our Sedra. But it's all based on the same idea that this is a Mitzvah Sasei, that we have to conquer the land, okay, um, and uh, live there. And he quotes another Sifrei. He says, let's say you want to conquer other land. So if you take a look at um, um, the, uh, another Ramban performs before that. The Ramban says, you know, there is a mitzvah to drive out the inhabitants. That's true. But the Ramban says, don't think that's the only mitzvah. That's in Parsha Shoftim, Perkhof, Posuk, Tezayin, Yudzayin, 
right? Those people who live there, you're not allowed to keep any alive. Lo sechayah kol neshama, the end of Tezayin, and Yudzayin, ki hachareim tacharimeim, hachiti v'amari v'akrani v'apriz v'achiv v'avusi, right? Hachareim tacharimeim, it's to wipe them out. But Ramban says in his parish of Chumash, in the bottom of five, he says, that's that's a different mitzvah, okay? That's a different mitzvah. You know, there's, there's one mitzvah to drive them out, but then there's another, the, the, the next part of that mitzvah is to go live in the land, okay? And it says then, the way the Ramban learns, in Parshas Ekev, Perkid Aleph, Pasuk Chav Gimel, Chav Dalid, 15, you'll inherit, the, you'll drive out those land, those people, you'll drive them out, and you'll take over the land. So then, Chav Dalid, any place where you will go, you'll get. Okay, so the Sifrei there, in Parshas Ekev, Pisgah Nun Aleph, source 16, says, no, what it's telling you here is that you're allowed to conquer other areas, but very important, that's only after you conquer Eretz Yisrael proper. Okay, it's not right to conquer other areas first. All right, you should first conquer Eretz Yisrael. That's what Ramban says, uh, that that's what the, the, the Sifrei means. Okay, after, you, uh, after you've conquered Eretz Yisrael, then you can go conquer other places. Uh, and David HaMelech made a mistake, or we'll see about that too. He went he did it in the wrong order, and that has ramifications. What exactly is some of the ideas of conquering the land? What, just to, to take over the land? So again, so the purpose is that we should live there, right? That uh, the goal of conquering the land is to live there, but there's something else as well. Look what the Rambam writes in Source 17, Hilchus Trumus, Parak Aleph, Halach Beis. Rambam writes, Eretz Yisrael, Hamura b'chol mokom, he ba'artso shekivshon melech Yisrael, onov midas rov Yisrael, v'zeo hanikra kibush rabbin. The Rambam says, what is what area has the status of Eretz Yisrael in Halacha? An area which was conquered by the Jewish king or some other leader with the, you know, with all of Kali Yisrael with him. That's called Kibush Rabin. It is a public or better, better word, a public communal, a communal conquest. Aval Yachid Mi Yisrael, but an individual Jew, even a mishpacha family, even a whole shevet, they went and conquered the area. Even if it's in that territory, which was originally promised Avram, that's that does not have the status of Eretz Yisrael in terms of observing the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. And that's what we call a kibush yachid, an individual, not a communal. It can be a big, a lot of individuals. It can be a whole shevet. But that doesn't have the status of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why, says the Rabban, also, says the Rambam, it's also based on our parsha here, Parsha's Masseh. He says as follows, and it's really based upon a Pasuk here in Parsha's Masseh. Take a look at 18. It's here in our sedra. It has to be one representative from each shevet to divide up the land. As Rashi says, He's going to divide up the land. Okay, meaning as follows. Okay, and, and by the way, take a look and say for Yehoshua. All right, I didn't print it, it's a whole parak. But it took them seven years to conquer Eretz Yisrael, the Sheva Shekivshu. It took them seven years to conquer the land. 
Okay, by tradition, the Gemara records it took him another seven years to divide it all up. Okay, but uh, but uh, and only then did it have the kedusha after kibush rechilov. Then it had its kedusha. But the Rambam says that the divvying up of the land is mentioned already here in our sedra, and that's what the Rambam says over there in in, in the end of Parakalav Halacha Beis, the end of seventeen. He says even though they hadn't physically or um, politically or mil- militarily conquered all the land. They divided it up anyway. That was done as a unit, Kalah Yisrael, as a community. In other words, they're, they're going to conquer it later, and it could be some individual people will conquer. But if, you know, if each Shevet would have itself gotten together just to conquer an area, that the Ramam says a Kibush Yachid. That's an individual conquest. And that will not sanctify Eretz Yisrael in terms of all the mitzvahs. Okay, what you need to sanctify it as well in terms of the mitzvahs is kibush rabim. And that's why the Torah describes that the land was distributed, even though, at least it was distributed, shall we say, on paper, even before it was actually physically or militarily, military, militarily conquered. Okay, that kibush rabim would be Makadash Eretz Yisrael. So now we have another point. Okay, we asked the title of the Shia, the goals of conquering land in Eretz Yisrael. One goal is to live there, but also, apparently, according to the Rambam, this kibush is public, or better, communal conquest, this communal kibush, is what gave Eretz Yisrael its status in terms of the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. Right? And that's what the Rambam says. Again, you look carefully at 17, Parakalavikos base. The Rambam writes, right, if the, an area was not conquered by the Rambam as part of this general communal conquest, the place, it's not called Eretz Yisrael in terms of the obligation of mitzvahs. As a side point, and I don't want to get to something that Rav Salavechik said, okay, um, the, the, the uh, Gemara and Gittin, the Gemara and Gittin wonders the Gemara in Gittin has a discussion. Gittin Chesam and Aleph going over to Chesam Beis, source 20. I'm going to say it outside. The Gemara says there's a territory called Surya. Surya is more or less today's Syria, right? To the north, uh, northeast of, of Eretz Yisrael. Okay? So Surya has the status of Eretz Yisrael for some dinim and the status of Chutzlar for other dinim. And one of the reasons, one of the things that says is Chayeves Bemaiser Shviyas. The Gemara in Gittin Chesam and Aleph on the bottom of the page. Chayeves Bemaiser Shviyas. Okay, now, um, this area was conquered by David Amalek, not part of Eretz Yisrael proper. It's not part of the land that was promised to Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, not part of Eretz Yisrael proper. But David Amalek conquered it, and so it has sort of an in-between type of status. And the Gemara says, well, what do you mean? But how could it be Chayav and Mitzvah? Okay, Meister and Shvius. I thought the Rambam said that um, that needs a Kibush Rabbim. And this was a kibush yochid. David Amalek did it for his own purpose. It was a kibush yochid, even though it was a king. It was a kibush yochid. So how could it be? So the Gemara says, "Chesam Beis, the top of the page, the end of twenty, Kosovar kibush yochid shmei kibush." So I'm not going to read through all the Rashi's now. He's just telling you, look in twenty-one where Surya is. That's Aram Tzova. That's today's Syria, Aleppo, Aleppo, right? And Ram Rashi tells. David conquered and added on to Eretz Yisrael. It's not part of Eretz Yisrael proper. And as Rashi said, Suri is It's to the north of Eretz Yisrael, way past Akko. So we usually think the truth is, we usually think Syria is to the to the east, to the northeast. But the truth is, those who know the geography, Syria wraps around. Lebanon is a direct due north of Eretz Yisrael, but on the top of Lebanon comes Syria. Syria wraps around like the what do we call it, the Florida Panhandle. Right, so the the Oklahoma Panhandle sticks out; it gets to the coast. Okay, anyway, be that as it may, the the um, 
So the Gemara says, why does that have the status of Eretz Yisrael? It was a kibush yachid, as Rashi said, David conquered it. So the Gemara, this Gemara is of the opinion, kibush yachid, shmei kibush, that kibush yachid is good enough. So that's a big machlokis. comes up in a couple of other but there are other places, kibush yachid, whether it counts as a kibush or not. So the question is, one second, but how could it be? How could kibush yachid count as a kibush? Okay. Um, it, it, we, 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 this place, Aram Tzolva, Aleppo, and so on and so forth, which Rashi said was privately conquered by David Amalek for his own purposes. Okay, so now we happen to pask in Kibush Rachel Kibush, but how could any machlokes? If the whole, we just proved that the Psukim and Ar Sedra, the Psukim and Ar Sedra demonstrate that there needed to be a Rabbim, a public, a communal conquest to give it to the Malam Paskins like that. We, so in the Trumas, Park Alakabase back in source uh whatever number it was. Okay, the uh we recorded that Rambam. Um no, whatever. So um so so uh was that important Rambam? Seventeen, yeah, seventeen. So anyway, so how could it be? How could there be a machlokas kibush, yochid kibush rabin? So the answer this how Salavechik explained, and it sounds counterintuitive at first, but then once he explained it, it fits in very well. He says as follows, one second. He says, the requirement for Kibush Rabbim, that's in Eretz Yisrael proper. In Eretz Yisrael proper, everybody would agree that a Kibush Rabbim is needed. The Machlokis is only on areas outside of Eretz Yisrael, like Surya, outside of Eretz Yisrael proper. There, there's a Machlokis where it also has to be Kibush Rabbim or Kibush Yochid suffices. So now, wait a minute. Isn't it counterintuitive? Okay, uh, why should why should Eretz, why should there be even a possibility? We paskin not that way. Why should even a possibility that a kibush yochid works for outside of Eretz Yisrael, whereas in Eretz Yisrael everybody agrees that a kibush yochid would be insufficient? Okay, you need to have this communal kibush rabbin. So Salvechik said because the artsos hanosofos, those lands that are adjacent or you know um, contiguous to Eretz Yisrael, they can get the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael through what we call like a spillover, right? It spills over the Kedusha, like a, the Rav gave an example, like a, a make havdola. you pour a little wine, the, kid, the cup flows over, my cup runneth over, I kosi revoya, right? The, you fill it up with wine when it's full, so then the Kedusha, can, the wine spills over, the Kedusha can spill over. Now that's how the Rav explained it. He said that once you have Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael, so the Kedusha can spill over, not the whole world, but to the area... He gave an example. He said, where well, he lives in Boston, he bought his house. That's not Kibush Yochid. And then the Kedush Eretz Yisrael is going to apply to his house in Boston. Obviously not. It means the lands that are contiguous, right next to adjacent, that are about Eretz Yisrael. So the border Eretz Yisrael. So they, th- those areas can be enhanced, can be endowed with the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael. But in Eretz Yisrael, you have to create the Kedusha to begin with. And only a Kibush Rabbim can create that Kedusha to begin with. Once you have that, then you can have the spillover, and maybe the spillover doesn't need a, again a kibush rabbin. Maybe for that a kibush yachid works. That's how the rabbin. In other words, in order to introduce the kedusha veritzi so to initiate the kedusha veritzi so for that you need kibush rabbin. As far as the spillover, that's possible to have that in in uh, without the uh, you know with with, with uh, even with, even even with just a kibush yachid. Perhaps we're not that, but that explains that shita. And the truth is, if you look in the uh, uh, Shechter pointed out, you look in the Sefer Yeshua Smalka, that's of Yeshua and Kutna. Yeshua of Kutna, he was a Rav in Poland in the 1800s, so he wrote, it's a parish in Rambam, Yeshua Smalko, on that Rambam, Hilchus Chumas Parak Alav 23, he says, 
an interesting din. Okay, I'll give you the background. You look in, again, well, well first of all, take a look in Parshas, Source 24, Parshas Veschanan, Dvarim Perak Dalad, start with Pesach Mem Aleph. Oz Yavdil Moshe, Shalosh Arem Eva Yardin, Mizuch HaShamesh. Moshe Rabbeinu set aside three cities. Remember the Arem Miklad, okay? As it says in Pesach Mem Bezer, Perak Dalad, and Veschanan, Lonus Shoma Rotzech Hashir Yitzach Hashir Bevlidaz. He killed somebody by mistake, right? You don't, you know, Hulosone Lomit Noshul Shom, Right, you never had, never knew the guy. You didn't hate the guy. Nothing against him. It was a total accident. Well, not a total. It was a mamish a freak thing. Then you're off entirely. But some negligence. But it wasn't, you know, I mean, manslaughter. Whatever. It wasn't premeditated murder. So you run to the city and it lists what the cities were. Pesach Mem Gimel Betzer, and then it says an interesting. So I put it in as a side point. Twenty-four. That's the pasuk. You know that we say Bahagwa comes from there of all the unlikely places. That pasuk comes from a discussion about the Ari Miklat. The pasuk we say when they lift the Torah Bahagwa, when by the side when they take the Torah out of the yarn. That, that, that's the pasuk. Anyway, so what does it mean? Moshe set, set aside those cities. Okay, Okay. Rashi tells us there in Vaschan something important. Paragdal pasuk memalaf and Rashi. He says, the Afal Koltos There were three, and then he points refers back to our Parsha again here, Parsha's Masse. Another thing from our Parsha today in Parsha's Masse. Look at source 26. That's where the Ari Mikla are introduced. Parak Lamed Heip, Sukum Testu, Yudalad. Okay? Uh, you have to set aside cities, and it gives you the ex- ex- uh, who goes there, someone who killed by accident, and so on. And um, But it says, Sheish in Pasuk Yud Gimel, the Paraklamid Hey here in Parshas Masay. Sheish are mikla tianalachem. You have to have a total of six such cities, six are mikla. You have, and it says in Yudah three on the eastern bank of the Jordan and three on in Eretz Yisrael proper. And the so that's what Rashi says there in Parsha here in our Parsha also in Source twenty seven. Paraklamid Hey Pasuk Gimel. Even though Moshe set aside the three, because he was in the Averly Arden, he was on the western bank. That was the land from Sichar Og, which were later taken over also from our Sedra Parsha, the first Sedra Parsha, Matos, Ruvain, God, and Chatzim and Asher took those areas. Moshe was in that area, so he set aside the three cities, but they didn't work. They didn't go into effect until the other three inside Eretzel proper were set up in the days of Yoshua. So why did Moshe do it? So Moshe said, you know, no, I have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, I'll do a mitzvah. That's what Rashi says over there. Back in 25, in Vashanan, I come in, I may as well do a mitzvah. So Moshe did it here too, even though it didn't have, and that's the Gemara, it didn't have effect. The Mishnah has that Makos, Tesla based, 28. Mishnah Makos, until the three were set up in Eretz the other three didn't work. So Moshe, Moshe knew that, but he did it anyway. He said, set up those three because the opportunity to do a mitzvah. Okay, and that's how the Rambam brings in Hilchus Rotzech, Perkhes, Halacha Gimel, 29. He passed it this way. Ein Achas, Me'ari Mikla Koletes, Ad Sheyivdul Kulon. None of them work until all of them are set up. So why'd Moshe do it? I'm a whole of I come out of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, and some say that's the Josh of Zosa Torah. That's. That's why that pasuk appears. That's the whole Torah. When you have a chance to do a mitzvah, do it. Doesn't matter. Don't talk cheshmer. It doesn't work. Do the mitzvah. Okay. Anyway, be that as it may, what's all this got to do? So getting back to the source twenty-three, Kutna, on that Rambam and Hilchos Chumas Parakalam Malachabes says it uses the same logic that Rastalavetu just said over here. Okay. He said this Ari Miklat and the Eber Yarden didn't work until the ones in Eretz Yisrael proper were chosen. Why? He says because the real 
status of Ari Miklot, basically, is in Eretz Yisrael proper. Once those are set up, so then the spillover can work elsewhere also. You follow the same type of logic, okay? As once you had the Kedush and Eretz Yisrael, the Ari Miklot, the part of the Kedush and Eretz Yisrael, so then it can work in Chutzar. So it's the same logic. Even though those, you know, those cities in Chutz and Eberle were set up first. They were set up before, but it doesn't matter. They didn't work. And they only work once Eretz Yisrael is the one Eretz Yisrael set up. So it's the same. That's why I want to bring that. We should have to point out that Rabbi Shul Kutner had the same, had the same logic that of Salavechik, that it only works as a spillover, right? The Artos Hanosophos are not part of Eretz Yisrael proper. They can't do what they need to do in terms of mitzvahs until Eretz Yisrael is set up. Okay, and the truth of the matter is the Rambam says this Mefurish. In source 30, Perak Hey of Hilkus Malach Malach Vav, the Rambam writes, 30, Kol Aratzah Shekovshin at Yisrael Melech Alpi Bezen, Harizek Kibush Rabim, Vahareiki, Keret Yisrael Shekovshin Chol Dover, Vuhu Shekovshin Achar Kibush Kol Yisrael Amor B'Torah. Any place the Jewish king conquers, okay, that's called, you know, with the Bezen and so on and so forth, with Kleisol, uh, and not just for his own self-aggrandizement, so the Rambam says that kind of get the status of Eretz Yisrael, but only who shekavsha achar. That's only if he captured it after the rest. He's Surya, the Rambam, the Rambam, Surya, the David Amelach conquered before the whole rest of Eretz Yisrael. That's why it never had the full status. But the Rambam said the areas um, can get the full status as long as you conquer them after you've conquered the rest of Eretz Yisrael, exactly as we've said. Okay, so this being the case now. Um, and again, that's the same thing that uh, Rishul Kutner says. And the Rambam, we look in 31, Hilchus Trumas, Parak Alav Alacha Gimel. The Rambam writes, Arto Shekovish Dover Chutzar, it's going to go on Aram Naharayim, Aram Tzova Achlab. Achlab is Aleppo, same word, Chalab. Chalab is Aleppo, A-L-P, Cheslam. Achlab. These are, even though he was a Melech Yisrael, and even though he did it with Prish and Bezin, Eino Keret Shol Achodavar. It's not like Eretzel complete. Also, not like Chutzar. It's, it's it's kind of a middle status and so on. Okay, and uh, the reason is why the Rambam says. Look at the end of thirty-one, second to last line in Parakalav and Gimel. Because he conquered those areas before he conquered the Eretzel, so they're not going to have the, uh, the the full status of Eretzel. Had he done it in the other order, then they would have had the full status of Eretz Yisrael and so on. In any event, what emerges from all of this now is that part of conquering Eretz Yisrael is to give the land its full status, okay, and that needs kibush rabbim, as we've explained. And now we come back to our bond we started with. So there's really a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. There's also a mitzvah to conquer Eretz Yisrael. That's the kibush. And you look in that Hasoga Saraban. And the Sefer Mitzvah that we started with back in Source 5, the Ramban is really saying clearly, it's not just living, it's also conquering. And now we see one of the functions of conquering. Uh, past that, there's something else, though. I just want to mention, okay, the Re Corkers, who was uh, also a Rishon, a later, later Rishonim, um, the Re Corkers on that Ramban, who was Truman's Parakalav and Lachabes in 32, okay, he says that something's not called Eretz Yisrael for all the mitzvahs, he says, yeah, that's dafka in mitzvahs and it's all, but kedushas Eretz Yeshla. He says, you know, it's got this areas in Eretz Yisrael which weren't conquered by Kibbutz Rab, I'm talking about the areas of Eretz Yisrael proper, have kedushas Eretz Yisrael. 
That goes back to Avram Avinu. You follow? In other words, the areas in Eretz Yisrael proper, and I'm not talking about Surya now, the areas in Eretz Yisrael proper, which the Rambam says don't have Eretz, status of Eretz Yisrael unless there's a Kibush Rabbim, that's only true uh, that it doesn't have Eretz Yisrael status in terms of all the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael, but it has, what do you call it, it has uh, Kedushas Eretz Yisrael for the, those purposes. And he mentions that the Kaftor of Perach says the same thing. Okay, and it, I printed it in 33, the Sefer Kaftor Ferech, that was a story of Parche, Rishon, who wrote the uh, things relating to the Lachas of Eretz Yisrael. So in Perak Yud, he writes, Hare shekedushos ha'aretz u'mailosa himishas nesinosa ela avas hakadoshim lo mishas hakibush l'chod. The Kedusha, that was in the days of the Ovis already. Had already that didn't come in by the Kibush. So we're just fine-tuning. The Kibush doesn't give it its Kedusha. The, the Dina and the Mitzvahs and the Matanos, I think after that's from the Kibush. Okay, and he quotes the Ramam, you know, that, that we mentioned before. Others say this also, the Radvaz, he says it in the reverse. Okay, the Radvaz says in Parak Aleph, Shumas Halacha Gimel, 34, if all of Eretz Yisrael was conquered, then the king went even to an area which Avram Avinu was not promised. Okay? Some say, He said, I don't think so. I think it's the reverse. That's the reverse. The area which was not promised Avram that can have the status of Eretz Yisrael for the mitzvahs, or at least for some mitzvahs, maybe Chum is different, but not for Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael. So that's the reverse, you follow? In other words, you can have an area that has in Eretz Yisrael proper, that's not that's considered Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael, but it wasn't ca- captured, Kibush Rabbim, won't have the dinim of the mitzvahs Eretz Yisrael, and the Radvaz has this uh, the kind of reverse. You can have an area which was conquered by a melech after, in the right order, not like Tava Melech, in the right order after Eretz Yisrael was conquered. So good, so it's going to have Eretz Yisrael status for mitzvahs, but won't have Kedusha's Eretz so that goes back to the Avos. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, uh, I'll skip that now, 35, in, in Simon Shin Vav, and Rabbi Yaakov Emden had a commentary on a tour called Morok Tzia. So in Simon Shin Vav, he talks about, again, different parts of our children have different status. It can have Kedusha without the uh, uh, mitzvahs and, and, and mitzvahs without the Kedusha and so on. I just wanted, before we get to what, what uh, Rabbi Mital added, and uh, an important point about Milchemes Mitzvah and, and Kibush Rabbim and so on, because again, we're talking about the goal of conquering land in and beyond Eretz Yisrael, the title of year. So land beyond Eretz Yisrael, the conquest can give it, if done in the right order and done by Kibush Rabbin, can give it Kedusha in terms of mitzvahs at least, mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. So that's what the goal is. Um, but there is an interesting uh, sugi in the end of Ksubas. comes in the end of Ksubas because we know that a husband, a husband and wife are married. So the rule is that if they get divorced, so the husband has to pay the wife a Ksuba. I decide to get divorced. That's a, that's Masechus Ksubis is about. So the only thing is that that's only true if, it, if, if unless the wife is responsible for breaking up the marriage. So let's say I'm married. I live here in Teaneck, and there's one fine day my wife says she wants to move to the North Pole. So I don't want to move to the North Pole. I want to stay here in Teaneck. She says, okay, I want a divorce. I want to move to the North Pole. Okay, I give a divorce. I have to pay her Ksubis. She initiated the divorce. That's her business, right? Let's say the reverse. Let's say I come home one day and say, I'd like to move to the North Pole. And she says, no, I want to stay here in New Jersey. So uh, so I said, well, I'm coming, I moved to North Pole, I'll give you a divorce. And I do have to pay the Ksuba, right? That's the rule. If the whoever is responsible for breaking up the marriage, that's what's going to determine whether she gets the Ksuba or not. But the Mishnah says, on Kufi Yodam and 36, the Mishnah says, unless one of them wants to move to Eretz Yisrael, or within Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, then that person's automatically in the right. 
Right? Both men and women. She can force her husband to go to Eretz or pay up the Ksuba. As Rashi explains in 37. The Gemara elaborates. In 38, and around and expels it out. Okay? He wants to make Aliyah. She doesn't. So we force her. And if not, you can divorce her and don't have to pay the Ksuba. On the reverse side, if she wants to make Aliyah, he doesn't. So you force him, and if he won't come, he's got to pay the ksuba. So whoever, that, that person's in the right. Why is this so? Why is this so? So it's interesting, because we're coming out to a little bit of a different angle. Why is this so? So the Tash Beits in the Tshuva, Chela Gimelson, Reish, 40, right? Because there's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. So she wants to do the mitzvah, he wants to do the mitzvah. Why? Because there are more mitzvahs that apply in Eretz Yisrael than other places. That's how the Tashbeitz understands it. The Maharit, his Chuba, Chelek Beis, Chelek Ardesim, Chavchez, and the Sam Sofer, Chelek Ardesim, Rachel Amadal, so it's 41 42, understand it a little differently. Okay? They say, okay, that never mind the mitzvahs you're going to do there. There's a mitzvah to live there all together. Right? That's the idea. We'll look at the Sam Sofer, it's simpler. The 42. It's not because of the mitzvahs, but rather because it's own kedusha. So there's a goal of living in Eretz Yisrael because the kedusha of the land, you have to populate the land and live there to benefit the kedusha. The Tashbait said it's because you have more mitzvahs. But the Maharit, okay, uh, and, and some sofers say it's because of the, it's because of the, the value of living in Eretz Yisrael. Kibush, doesn't only mean a military conquest. Come back to the Ramban. Kibush means I, I acquire land in Eretz Yisrael. I don't have to conquer it. I, I bought it. So now if I bought it for non-Jews. I'm, a, I'm a acquiring land in Eretz Yisrael. Right? That's also Kibush. I'm living there. Never mind that I have an opportunity to do more mitzvahs. That's not the point according to the Samsoba, according to the Marit. The point is that that gufa is a mitzvah. That the, the, the goal of conquering land or acquiring land is to populate the country with Jews. Right, that's part of the of, of kibush. Now it's very interesting. Tosos makes a famous comment in forty three kuf yodam beis there in Kubis. You must who are malalos. Tosos ain't no noig This mitzvah doesn't apply today because to go to Israel is very dangerous. So they're dangerous to travel there. In those days it was dangerous. You couldn't hop on a plane. You'd be there in nine hours. You had to take a boat, and then there were pirates, and, and, and it was dangerous on the on the high seas, and so on. So it was a big, uh, big. Or oh, you had to travel over land, and who knows uh, who you're running to there. It was a big issue. Okay. Then Tosus, one of the Balatos, one of Chaim coin. The Achshav ain't no mitzvah to wear to swell altogether. There's no mitzvah. Why? Kiyesh kama mitzvah satuus bar. It's a kama ocean. The enu chol izorbem yelamor alem. There are mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael that apply that we can't do. Too difficult, too challenging to keep Shemitah. In those days it was. You didn't have a today like refrigeration or you can import and talk. So you can't do the mitzvahs. So the Maharit uh, and, and others say that this makes no sense what Chaim Kohn wrote. The Maharit in that same Chuvan, Yorodei Beis, Chelek Ardeis, and Chof 44, says uh, he doesn't believe it when Chaim Kohn said that. It's a mistake. It was, um, and he quotes the other Rishonim, don't quote this from Tosas, all right? And, and he thinks that uh, some student made a mistake. Okay, it was a copy error, a note-taking error, whatever. 
Look at that. Last words of 44. Talmud to love some. Hagos Talmud. He will love some. Can't be a Rebbe Chaim Cohen said that. Chaim Cohen said the first thing. It's dangerous to travel there. That's something else. Maybe a mitzvah living at your soul, but it's not a mitzvah which you have to give up your life. It's not one of the mitzvahs you have to risk your life for. So, okay, it's too dangerous to travel. You don't have to have any mitzvah that uh, brings you a risk of life. Okay, but he doesn't buy this business. He can't do the mitzvah. Shulchan Aruch also, and Evan Ezra's and I and Hey, Sif Hey, 45 quotes that some say there's no mitzvah, it's only a mitzvah, it's Efshar below Sakona. And the Pisgah Chubas in Kotten Vav there quotes this Marit and thinks that it was a Talmud Torah. Anyway, be that as it may, one could argue, not to the base Halevi posits in 47, Chelek Bey Simon Zion, Rabzar Chelek Bey Simon Nun, Chubas Bey Halevi, Chelek Bey Simon Nun, 47. The base Halevi posit, maybe there's a machlokas. Okay, maybe, maybe remember the Chaber Chaim Cohen is correct. Okay, you can't observe the mitzvahs there. But the Beis Halevi says, after he analyzes it, but he says, but according to the Ramban, last two lines of 47, Ramban, but forget about the mitzvahs of the, so, so let's say when Chaim Cohen's right, you can't observe the mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael, the, the, the Shemitah, the Truma, it's too difficult. Okay, good, but there's a mitzvah to populate the land anyway, at least according to Ramban, that itself, Okay, look at the last line. Kevin, the mechuy of mitzar atzma muchok leishiv of litrok bekimitzo adashki rachem. We have to do our best, and never mind Rambam Kohen. There's reasons why. That's why he thinks that Rambam Kohen can't be right. Okay, even if he's right that we can't do the mitzvahs, that's not an excuse. That's not enough for a reason. Why? Because an independent value to go live in the land. That's the idea of kibush of acquiring land in Eretz Yisrael because we're supposed to populate the land. That gufa is a mitzvah, and that's the Ramban is talking. Really, the two things go together: the kibush and the living. So it's very interesting when talking about to bring it one other angle in it. And this is what Rav Amital Zichonavach said. I said, I'm saying this now because those were in the beginning, because it's the yard site in a couple of days, the 10th yard site. Uh, Rav Amital, the founding of Shibishimut Haritzion. So he says the following, okay? He says a very interesting uh, point. It's a different angle, a different answer to our question, a goal of conquering land. He comes at it through the issue of Mechemis Mitzah and Mechemis Rishus, okay? Uh, you look in Hilchus Malachim Parakei 48. The Ramam writes in Alcha Aleph, okay, what is Mechemes Mitzvah, Mechemes Shus? He says, Mechemes Mitzvah, Zu Mechemes Shiva Amamim, right, the Mechama of the seven nations, you know, occupied our children, Mechemes Amolek, right, and Ve'ezzo Miyad Tzar Shabuale, in defensive war, some other nation, not from the seven nations, not from Malachim, attack territory as well, you have to defend yourself, so that's Mechemes Mitzvah. Okay, and that's what he could do. The king fights Mechemes Mitzvah first. V'acharkach, Nilcham Mechemes Rishus. What's Mechemes Rishus? Hiyam Melchoma, Shenilcham Mishar Amim, Kedei Laharachiv Gevul Yisrael. A king wants to expand his territory, territorial expansion. That's not a Mechemes Mitzvah. The king wants to do it. Okay, that's a Mechemes Rishus. Or, Laharbos Bigduloso V'shomo. He wants to, you know, uh, boast. He wants to beef up his name. He wants to... Have something remembered by, he conquered so much territory, right? He wants to beef up uh, his, his status, so to speak. That's Mechemes Rishus, okay? And he writes, Mechemes Mitzvah, uh, he doesn't even have to ask Bezin for Mechemes Rishus, he has a permission from Bezin. Okay. Now, if you look in the Gemara and Sota, Mem Dalam and Bez, we saw part of it before, which discusses Mechemes Mitzvah, Mechemes Rishus. So the Gemara there says, there's another thing. And look at the 49. Ki pligi machlokas in the mission between Behuda and Rabbanan. It says, Ki pligi limute of the kochavim de lo lesi alaihu. Limute of the kochavim de lo lesi alaihu. Well, we call that a pre, um, preemptive strike. 
to weaken some other non-Jewish nation so they shouldn't have the ability to attack us, right? Uh, that's that, that's a machlokas, whether that's a mitzvah rishos. Mar korele mitzvah, mar korele rishos. That's a machlokas. Yehuda says that's also a mechamish mitzvah. The Abonin said it's no, that's a mechamish rishos. Who cares? Also, when it's a positive, Mar has a reason. But uh, why it makes a difference? Rashi says, keep li, 50. Sotom em dalma beis, keep ligi. Yehuda Rabbanon, that's a mitzvah rishos. That's uh, this issue of to prevent somebody from being able to attack, a pre- preemptive strike. Like when I actually saw they, in the early 1980s, in 1981 or whatever, was they bombed that nuclear reactor in Iraq, a preemptive strike, right? Okay. Now, so it's in the Rambam explains in the Parish mission in that, that mission, so that's Parakesh mission of 51. So he says, what does this mean? So the Machlokas, they don't argue about the mitzvahs, mitzvah, the conquering the seven nations, that's for sure Machlokas obligatory. Okay? And the other things, like we mentioned before, the king wants to wage war to enhance his territory, enhance his reputation, increase territory, that's Machlokas Mitzvah. Lo Nechlek on the second line of 51. Ela b'mechemes umos hanilchomen bohem k'deilach lishom to fight an enemy, to weaken them, they won't be able to attack us later. Again, a preemptive strike. Tanakama, the Rabbanon, Koriz, Ereshus. And Yehuda calls that also a mitzvah. And at the end, the Ramam writes, Ein alacha kabihuda. So the question which Alecha Mishnah asks now, 52, on that Ramam Perakei, Alecha Mishnah asks a question. Why didn't the Ramam look back at 48? The Ramam said, what's a Mechamis mitzvah? That's the Yoshua to conquer the land. That's the battle with the seven nations, the battle of Amalek, okay, or a self-defense war, okay. And what's the Mechamis Rishus? That's the king wants to expand his territory or enhance his reputation. One does the Lecha Mishnah. Why didn't the Rambam mention also, since we passed like the Rabbonin, among examples of Mechamis Rishus should also have been, said the Lecha Mishnah, this preemptive strike. It's also Mechamis Rishus. Why didn't he bring it? Why didn't he mention it? So the Mishnah answered, that's included under Laharbos Bigduloso, the Shamuda Kavano Shirubimenu. Why does the king want to enhance reputation? I will be afraid of him. So preemptive strike is part of that to show off his power. Okay. That's what that's what he said. So it's just an interesting uh Mishnah. So based on this, Ramital pointed out the following. You know, there is a din that uh the when the Jews go out to war, that's in Parsha Shoftim. So don't worry, don't frighten it, don't be frightened because Shem is fighting for you. And start to Pasuk Beis, when you go out to the war, the Kohen, the so-called Kohen, comes, he gives a whole drasha. I printed all the Psukim. And that's where he says, you're going to battle. Shema Yisrael. Okay? Uh, you're going out to battle. Don't be frightened. Why? Important pasuk pasuk down. Ki Hashem elokeichem aleichim achem elachem lachem imayvechem elashchesem loshieschem. Because Baruch Hu is waging war on your behalf. And then the other officers would say, anyone built a house, he can leave. Anyone just got married, got engaged, whatever, can leave. Okay. And somebody who's ter- uh, terribly frightened um, should leave too. So rather than ruin the morale, and then they would go out to go out to battle. So it's interesting. The Rambam. In Hilchus Malachim Parag Zayim, he's talking about, talks about Mechemes Rishus, okay? And um, he says, this whole speech, that certain people are allowed to go back, um, you know, because they just got married or whatever, they just uh, built a house, that's only true by Mechemes Mitzvah. By Mechemes Rishus, Mechemes Mitzvah, we said before, everybody has to fight. 
And that's Alokha Dalit. Alokha Tesvav, the Rambam writes as follows. Very important, Rami Tal stressed this. He said as follows What is this speech that the guy gave, that, the, that, the, that, that was given? Okay. He says, first of all, somebody who. Um, once you're out in the battlefield, you can't be frightened. You have to rely on God who's going to save you, okay? And put your, your life in his hands. Don't think about your wife back home. Don't think about your children. Just the matters of the war, okay? And he writes, and I quote that the possibly, don't be frightened. And he says he should, certainly shouldn't behave in such a way that will frighten other people or ruin the morale and so on. But he writes clearly that it's, as Mital said, that he's doing this for the sake of fighting on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay? And he says, you're doing this for Hashem. It's a, it's a mechama, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All right? That's what you have to do. Look at the second line. Shal yichud Hashem hu osem that's the speech that was given, and that's what every warrior, every soldier has to bear in mind. So Ramital said, what is the purpose? You're going out to war, and it's even by Mechemes Rishos, because that's what's being discussed here. It's even by Mechemes Rishos. What's the idea? That even by Mechemes Rishos, there is a goal, but certainly by Mechemes Rishos, there is a goal to recognize that Al-Yichud Hashem Hu Osem Mechama. You're fighting a battle for Eretz Yisrael, it's for the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're fighting against the enemies of Eretz Yisrael, the enemies of the Jews. You're fighting, it's a religious battle. And Ramital pointed out, the Rambam says in the Moran Avuchim, Chela Gimel Perak Mem Hay, fascinating. He's discussing there, how come it never says in the Torah exactly where the base of is going to be? Never says in the Torah. It just says, HaMokom Asher Yivchar Hashem. So, you know, Avram Avinu, that's where the Akedah was, whatever, but we have a tradition, but it was never written in the Torah. So the Ramam wonders, why did the Torah never specify exactly where the holy place is, the holiest place is? So he gives a few reasons, okay? Well, one is, the first one, the third line of 55, because if the other nations will know that that's the holy place for the Jews, they'll fight a war. The Ramam says, he's right. If the non-Jews will know that that's our special place, then suddenly they'll want it. We saw that historically. Jerusalem, although the third holiest city in Islam, was a backwater city for decades, for centuries. It was a backwater town. No, nobody went there. Nobody lived there. Nobody cared about it. Okay? Jews went to die there. based a small society community, but nothing. And certainly the world had no interest in Jerusalem. When did the world suddenly get interested in Jerusalem? Oh, in 1800, the Jews started to come back. Then all of a sudden, they wants to have an embassy there, wants to, not an embassy, you know, but the consulate there, you know, the uh, other nations got interested in Cologne, and the Arabs suddenly want it, right? Well, we want it, but everyone knows we want it, so then suddenly they want it. And that's, that's what Mital said. They'll fight to the death. They'll fight to, uh, because uh, they the, the take over this place. What's he stressing? That every battle that our enemies fight against us is really a battle against our Kaddish Baruch, it's a religious war. They don't like our religion. Okay, there's a whole contemporary, and he, by the way, he says it in the Igeris Taman also, we top point out, these are his mama comments, not mine, 56, the Igeris Taman, okay, he said the letter to the, the Jews of Yemen, he says, people are jealous of the Jewish people, right, the other nations, they're very jealous of our religion, and of our behavior, and so on, and they'll hate us, and they'll wage, wage wars against us, and so on, and he says, 
No, always times, always kings and other people that their purpose is not so much they hate us people personally, they hate us, their religion. At least they start out. Look at the last two lines of 56. The main purpose, the original purpose is to go against our Torah. And that's Amalek and Sisu and Sanchev and Nebuchadnezzar and Titus. And we're now in the three weeks, right? Adriano's case, right? Uh, these are, many like them. They're against our religion. They're against our people. Okay, as a religious entity, and they're against. So, so Rabbi Tal put it all together. That's why the, the Jews who fight the war have to know what they're fighting for. They're fighting the language of Ramah. That's why they start up with us to begin with, because they really dislike our religion. There's a whole debate right now. Can, you know, I mean, in the news now. You can Can you be anti-Israel? Does that automatic make you an anti-Semite? A person will make all these statements that are anti-Israel, and they'll say, well, "I'm not anti-Semite. I don't have a problem with the Jews. I don't have a problem with Israel." But you cut it down. It's the same thing. In most cases, the same thing, okay? I always say, if you make demands of Israel that you don't make demands, the same demands of every other country in the world, then your, your demands of Israel is because you're an anti-Semite, okay? And the people who care, oh, the treatment of this, they did that, well, they, they, they have the same standards to other countries. They have all, other nations where they also oppress people and they, you know, make, don't make a fuss about those. So then you're saying, because you don't like Jews, as simple as that. But that, that's a political comment I'm trying to stay away from. But in any event, the point being that... Um, the uh, conquer. So now there's another point. Based on the goal of conquering land is to defend our religion, right? To to to, to stand up for Yichud Hashem, and that's really what it, what 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 it's all about. I, I will reflect something personally. I've been to Eretz and Give me another extra minute if I can, just to finish up. But uh, the I, you've been to Eretz I've been there many times. Somehow I go to the Kol Samarabi, and I've witnessed. They have these ceremonies there, tekes, a ceremony for soldiers being inducted into the Israeli army. Okay? And I remember the very first time I saw it many years ago. They have in the back of the Kosam Ravi. They're not where the people dive, but in the back, you know, the, the plaza, the, the Kotal Plaza. They have a whole ceremony with uh, speeches and soldiers and so on and so forth, the flags. That's a whole thing. And they uh, they induct the soldiers into the army, into their uh, ranks or whatever, or this group just became whatever the sergeants, or whatever it is, they have all these ceremonies. I'm sure some of you have seen it. I've, I've, I've witnessed it a few times myself. I remember the first time I saw it, I wonder, is this appropriate to what they're doing here by the Kosal Maravi? Let them go to Binyana Homa, you know, the, the, the concert hall or something like that, or some big hall, and uh, have it there. What happened here by the Kosal Maravi? Isn't it uh, taken away from the Kedush of the place? It's a place for davening, for learning. What? And then I thought about it further, and I realized it's quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. It's the best place to do it. Why? Based on this Rambam. Because the soldiers should know what we're fighting for. Yeah, many soldiers are religious. They're wearing yarmulke. But many soldiers are not religious. They don't observe Judaism. And they don't know. They come to this place and the, the, the captain or whatever, the person in charge, explains what this place is. And now they identify with the place. They know what they're fighting for. Not just fighting for a country that started, what is it, 72 years ago, some political entity. They're fighting for a country that's part of a long, long tradition, a long, long, you know, uh, Masara. And yeah, Dafka the Kol Samarabi near the Makom Mikdash. They're they're inducted into their position, initiated into their into their ranks, and so on and so forth. Dafka should be there because that's part of it, and that's the role of the king. The Rambam writes in fifty seven. We pointed out Perk Perk Yud. What's the role of a king? Okay, a king's role is 
Look at the second line. What's the job of the king? The goal of a king is to, even when waging a, even when waging a, a kibush yachid war, a private mechemes mitzvah, I'm sorry, mechemes for himself, but it's not ultimately for himself, it's ultimately laharim das ha'emes, ulamalo sa'olam tzedek, to bring more justice to the world. Right, that's the idea. That's the purpose of a king waging war. And the truth of the matter is, the Rambam says in the Sefer Hamitzah is very interesting. That's what the whole drusha of the of the Muhammad, the other officers who spoke to the people before they went out to war, to tell them that they should recognize what they're what they're fighting for. And even by Muhammad Smith, it's interesting. Even rather, it's interesting because the Rambam at the end of the Sefer Hamitzah, Mitzvah say Kuftzari Aleph. The Rambam writes. That uh, first of all, the Raman says this, he has to say the things that Pasuk says to say. Somebody who just got married can leave, and somebody who just built the house, and someone who just planted a vineyard. That's what it says in the Torah, and that's the Mashal Muhammad. Okay, good. But then the Ramam adds, okay, the Yomar in the third line of 58, very important to read inside. The Yomar Betochachto, the Lashon is Torah, the Yosef Alzeh, then he adds the Kohen Mashal Muhammad. To inspire the people to fight. To help the religion of Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? And to guard it. And, 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 and take revenge upon the people who are who bring chaos and destruction to the world. That's what has to be said. It's interesting because the Ramah at the end says, oh, this is only seems to be true, of of, of Muhammad's uh, Rishus, not Muhammad's Mitzvah. Right? Look at the last line to 58. Okay, you don't have to make this speech. The problem is the Ram of the Mission Torah, Paragzan Al of 59, he writes, you, you do have a coin speak. So what's going on? Right? What's going on exactly? So the Territz may be as follows, and it's, Rami Tal didn't say this, but it fits in, I think, very well what he was trying to say. I saw this in a sefer called Mitzvah Samelech by a contemporary Tamacham or by Cinnamon from, from, I think, from Chicago. But others say this also, and I thought of it really a little myself. It's not, you know, not such a big Kiddush, but I think it works in very well. He says, and we say like this, maybe when Mr. Rambam says in the sefer Mitzvah, you don't have to make that speech for Muhammad's Mitzvah, that's the speech of who could leave, because no one's allowed to leave by Muhammad's Mitzvah. But this thing which the coin adds himself, to know you're fighting for our Kaddish Baruch Hu, that applies to the Muhammad's Mitzvah as well. And that's what Mital's point, Muhammad's Mitzvah, Muhammad's Mitzvah, we're fighting Laharim Das HaKel. The Chinuch brings this Lahaloch also. The Chinuch and Mitzvah Tov Kuv Chavvav and Parsha Shoftim says, first he gives the speech that the Torah says, and then V'yosif Od Mishalo, look at the last couple of lines, 61. V'yosif Od Mishalo Dvar Macherim. Y'or Ben Adel Choma, right? Like the Rambam says, more or less the words of the Rambam. The Minchas Chinuch, in Mitzvah Gimel, in Oz Gimel, in that Mitzvah Tov Kuv Chavvav in 62, wonders why you're allowed to do that. Why is that Baltosif? The Torah says, here's what you're supposed to say, so say it. And he says an example. The Torah says by the Birchus Konim, the Konim say these psukim, not allowed to add more psukim, even though they're nice brachas, not allowed to add more psukim. Why are you allowed to add this? So he wonders about it. Okay? He says, uh, uh, I have to figure out why you're allowed to add these things. Okay? He doesn't, not, 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 he says, Torah Ion. Okay, why are you allowed to add it? But Lamaisa, you could say that the Torah was, was not being uh, exhausted. But in any event, and, and that, maybe that's why the Raman Paragzalach Abbey writes in 63, Shtei Pa'amim Adabim Shokhmah Speaks twice. 
okay? Maybe one time is to let the people go back, and the other time you tell them not to be frightened because you're fighting the war of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Misa, what comes out now is yet another answer to our original question we started this year. What are the goals of conquering land in and beyond Eretz Yisrael? So again, we had the Ramban that there's a mitzvah of Kibush. Aside from living in Israel, there's a mitzvah of Kibush. And we said that Kibush endows the land with with uh, with uh, Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, maybe Kedushas with regard to mitzvahs, not with the Kedushas that you had before, we had like from the Rikorkas, and the idea of living in Eretz populating it, never mind the mitzvahs that you can do there, that's true too, but there's a Kibush to, to fill the land, that Jews should live in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And now we added, based on Rami Tal's Kiddush, that, the, that the, really is saying it from the Rambam, it's not, uh, you know, it's really pushing the Rambam that way, that part of Kibush of Eretz Yisrael, conquering land, whether in and beyond Eretz Yisrael, whether mitzvahs, whether Mechamis Mitzvah and Mechamis is Laharim Das HaKel, Right, you're fighting for a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's also something you have to bear in mind. I think that uh, aside from the value of these uh, comments in general, just at the time of year this year, uh, now you know between Shavuos of Thomas and Tishabov, when we mourn our loss of Eretz Yisrael, so it's a nice thing to study about uh, conquering Eretz Yisrael, what it means to have Eretz Yisrael, and we should have the schuz to be able to return there, uh, uh, you know, uh, in its fullest sense as soon as possible. Whichever they are good in Shabbos.